You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, happy Sunday to you all, and welcome to episode 13 of the Helix Hour. We are live, and I am joined today by guitarist Steve Sterlachi. How are you doing, Steve? I'm good, thanks for having me. Hey, my pleasure. You're, uh, you are overseas right now on a pretty wow. successful tour. Whereabouts are you in the country? Currently, I am in Italy, Volgara, Italy. Okay. And, and we, we came here from uh, Würzburg, Germany, about seven-hour ride, so we passed through Switzerland and to here a little bit of a crazy ride but we made it nice and and i'm seeing some sunshine there so what time is it there it is it's actually late but the sun sets i don't know if we're i guess we're just a little further north than i'm used to but it's nine o'clock right now oh wow PM. yeah still nice daylight yeah sun is still it's setting but it's pretty strong still yeah nice so this is the day off and then when when's the next show tomorrow uh wednesday we're playing okay so a couple days off. You going to yep. enjoy a little bit of the area while you're uh, some downtime, or? I hope so. We were looking into taking some trains and finding a way to get to Rome or or Florence or Venice or something. So we're researching our stuff, but we're actually staying at the venue. It's actually a cowboy themed ranch. Oh, neat! That it's like all it's it's hysterical. It's actually a great place. It's really cool, but it's all like Wild West themed and. Uh, they're crazy about like American country things. So we met them last year and they're hosting us again this year. So, Oh, that's great. Obviously you made a good impression then. Yeah. It's a cool place and our hosts are great. It's just such a cool place. Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's such a nice country. I'm sure you've seen, uh, thanks to music. Yeah. That's great. Um, we actually, today was an unbelievable experience because we were driving down from Würzburg and Right when we got to, I guess, the Alps in Switzerland, which again is like, it's unrealistic to me to even be saying that. It's still so bizarre. But um, the GPS kept trying to take us to this road and the exit was just closed. There was no, there was a barrier, couldn't get on. So we took the same route three or four times in a row and just could not figure out a way to get around. (laughs) So we're like, what are we supposed to do right now? We had nowhere to, we didn't know what to do. We couldn't read any of the signs. So we wound up looking at the Google Maps and finding a, a parallel route. The, this route took us through the actual Alps, all through the like the real like postcard area of the Alps in Switzerland. It was the most beautiful ride that we've ever taken. So it was a very happy accident that we wound up out there. That's very nice because it could be a lot worse. I've seen people, you know, that the maps are telling them to drive into the ocean or the lake or whatever. Yeah, it was very similar to that. It was, and everyone in the van, of course, is like, no, you got to go this way. You got to go this way. And I was driving this leg. Yeah. And I'm just like, everybody shut up. Let's let me. So yeah. we, we circled three times in the same exact spot. And uh, eventually we just, went for it and we asked somebody which way to Italy in general <laughs> Italy. They, said, they said go that way so they're like all right we're going that way yeah. yeah it's so funny you know you think of it like someone would say how do I get to uh you know King Street uh okay go over here but how do I get to Italy you don't normally you know to a... yeah that's hilarious that's a funny thing about traveling in Europe too is like in the states 
you travel, you know, five hours, you're still in New York or you're still in the same state. Yeah. Five yeah. hours here, you traveled through three countries. Today, we started in Germany, went through Switzerland, and now we're in Italy. Isn't that something? Yeah. Wicked. One day. The one day. Uh, it's nice though that you do have a couple of days off because the show's not till Wednesday now. So that that's awesome. I really do hope you, that you can arrange some things and get to see the uh, uh, some of the sites you have your uh, your plans for there. Thank you. That's great. Well, let's jump over to the chat and say hi to the people in the chat, and then we'll jump over to some great Helix discussion and Variax discussion throughout the program here today as well. So thank you everyone for tuning in uh, for this great show on a beautiful Sunday. Uh, Frank Rashad, our good friend Frank, is here uh, first in the chat, which is great. Uh, let me see. Carlos Santon is here. Terry's GGNG is here as well, too. Carlos says, hey, everyone. What a beautiful day. Jim Dales is here. Quentin James is here. Mike Francis, my beautiful nocturnal, nocturnal butterfly, is here running the chat. Well, as she always does. Uh, Alec Bourne is here. Hello, all from Italy as well. Nice. Very, very nice. All right. Great. That's good. Uh, Frank says, great to see you, Steve. Everybody uh, go get Jessica Lynn's new single. And we'll talk about that on the program today, too. Robert Apple says, uh, greetings, Eric and Steve. And Kevin Burke is here saying, uh, Steve, man, you need a haircut. Do you know? Do you know uh, Kevin? Do you? Which cat? What's his last Kevin name? Kevin Burke. Is that my? It, there's a couple of Kevin Burks I could know. Okay. Depends which one. Okay. Well, he knows you're good enough to say that you need a haircut, so you must be somewhat close, or yeah. not, or not close at all. <laughs> It's the internet. You never know. That's right. That's right. So for some people that are uh, new to the band, myself as well, too, like I know more about you than I know about the band. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about the band and take as much time as you like on it? Uh, you know, tell us uh, how you got involved with it, what the band consists of, and then obviously where it's led you to uh, be today. Sure. So uh, Jessica Lynn was a project that uh, my now wife mm -hmm. Uh, we started in about 2012 and actually before that she was kind of like a punk rocker. Oh yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she had bands throughout high school and stuff playing in Manhattan and there really wasn't a country music scene in New York. So she was doing like the, you know, the power pop punk thing like Avril Lavigne and sure. stuff like that. But, uh, she was always a songwriter from when she was six years old. I've had to sit through, uh, hours and hours of her concert footage from when she was six on her parents' bed. <laughs> So she's always wanted to do this for a living. But um, in 2012, uh, we had just graduated college and we were, she was writing all this country music suddenly. Um, you know, we had moved in together and just all this country music started coming out. So they decided to go and change the country. And at the time, I didn't even really play. I was a, a baseball player. I was, we met in college and I was in college on a full scholarship for baseball. She was there to become a teacher, and that's how we met. Okay. So I knew she did music on the side, and then I didn't realize how serious it was until a couple of years. But um, so she decided to do country music because all this stuff was just coming out. She was writing every day, waking up at six in the morning, like writing a country song. And I'm like, at the time, I don't think anything of it, but sure. this is like a major genre switch for her. So her and her dad, who is also a so her dad is Cal. He's also a neoclassical, is neoclassical, not neoclassical, it's contemporary composer. Okay. So he does music similar to Yanni. Oh, wow. Okay. And he had a, a concert special on PBS that actually went to number two, second to Yanni. So he decided to take Jessica and her new music and try to film a television special. So instead of filming, uh, not filming, instead of recording a demo, uh, you know, getting studio time and putting together something to pitch to labels. Let's just film a live concert special and pitch it to TV. I like that idea. 
So at the time, I was the uh, lowly guitar tech. I was just, you know, tuning Jessica's guitars and passing them back and forth. We actually watched the first television special. I fall at the end. It's pretty funny. Oh, really? I'm, yeah, right in the middle of this. But anyway, so they decided to try to pitch this to PBS. And uh, sure enough, it went well. Got nationwide uh, airplay. And that kickstarted our touring. So we toured the U.S. for a couple of years. And then we did a follow-up concert special called uh taken over and that was live from the paramount theater in peekskill really nice 1100 seat theater that uh again that one also went nationwide and that's really how we started so we actually just had our first recorded material released last summer which was jessica's uh her debut single went to number 48 on the music row country chart it's called crazy idea and her follow-up single is uh just released, I think, a week ago, not even, and it's called Let's Don't. Fantastic. Well, Sorry for being long-winded. No, but, uh, no, 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 trust uh, me, that's great. That's a great story. I don't think you could tell that story any shorter. It's a perfect story. Now, two things I really I really want to point out about that. Number one is the fact that I really think the her dad there was uh, smart to go in the idea of a special, a televised special, because there's so many demos. People take them, like, when the old physical days were receiving a CD or a, a cassette or whatever it was, they go to the garbage nine times out of ten. Uh, you know, you meet yep. somebody at NAMM or something, you give them a memory stick. The only way you're going to get their attention is if you do something creative, make it into a bracelet or something. They might look at it later. If it's something they can use, they may check it out. So number one, using that in that medium where it's televised, uh, you know, is great. And number two, for people thinking, you know, okay, well, so Steve's come from this aspect, never playing guitar before. And now he's a guitar player in a country, but at least he started with country. It's easier. No, it's not. There's some just some pretty serious chops in, in country music. Uh, are you the lead player? Or are you do you do co-lead or where does your part fit? Um, I'm the lead guitarist, so I play uh, only electric in the live show. But we also have a pedal steel player who I split most of the leads with. Okay, yeah, and not easy. So who's who's some of the guys that guys and girls I should say that you maybe have kind of forged your or kind of maybe almost like forced learning because you're new to this. Who did you look to for inspiration to to learn some of these licks? Oh man, um, well, I know. I guess my, spot, whole, but... my whole learning was, you know, based was YouTube based. But uh, as far as just electric guitar in general, the last couple of years, I've been obsessed with Tim Pierce, and okay. I think yeah. his stuff is fantastic. And actually, I sent him an email because I subscribed to his masterclass, trying to take a one on one with him <laughs> at NAM in California. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. do one on ones live, but he actually came to one of our performances at the D'Angelico showroom, and I he like walked in and i was like holy sh mm -hmm. sorry that's holy, okay. oh my god it's tim pierce and he's like oh hey steve and i'm like oh my god tim pierce knows who i am and then i'm like oh my god tim pierce is about to watch me play and i'm like no but uh tim pierce has been great and uh as far as country guitar playing doug seven and ken carlson are two guys on youtube and stuff that have just they're ridiculous they're really good and a lot of the stuff i got you know they helped me a lot with especially the mechanics of uh doing the whole chicken picking thing with yeah. the pick and the two fingers. Yeah. Listening to anything yeah. Brad Paisley is also a huge influence. Now, see, that's someone I gravitate towards uh, because I, I don't listen to a lot of country music. And Brad is one of those guys. It's just I've never, you know, I shouldn't say that because I even played in a country band at one time, but that's a story for another day. It was really funny with Waldo with striped guitars in a country band. Didn't work very well. Um, but I do have an appreciation for it. And I look at Brad Paisley of being like the, the Michael Jordans or the Joe Montana's of sports world into music. They make you like the, the music or the sport, right? Because of the way they do it. So Brad, Brad is amazing for sure. 
But uh, yeah, that that's fantastic. And uh, and what I, I talk about on my other show, on the Eighty-Eight Show, is I talk about country uh, guitar players a lot because you know you see some of these guys. And girls, and they, they're absolute, you know, they're, they're, they're shredders at heart, and they actually are shredders. It's the fact that I was like, okay, well, it's not surprising when you find out that they're playing with these country artists like, you know, uh, uh, Paul Sedotti with um, Taylor Swift, and, you know, other, there's other good names out there as well, too. But really, they're rock and roll guitar players at heart, but they want to be working guitar players, and you're not going to be working if you don't embrace other styles of music. Absolutely. And yeah. country music really is, it's, if you want to tour live and play live music with a live band, country music is the only, it's the only genre that's really stayed very true to it and still been mainstream. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a, a lot of like the really ridiculous shreddy guys have gone to country. I mean, look at John five, John five's a, John five's a chicken picker. Don't I let him know you. he is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's, ridiculous but you know it's almost like an actor if one of your favorite actors you like you know like they uh they might be known for their their comic roles but yet they're they have some serious dramatic roles that you may never discover because you don't want to get out of that uh that typecast that they're set in right yeah yeah that's like awesome. Ewan McGregor as obi-wan kenobi yeah that was a little rough at first and then you look back okay i can i get it and you're like he's the only obi-wan kenobi now it's the, i know can't be i know can't be anybody else now that's right that's awesome. Let's jump back over to the uh, quick chat for here for a second. This is a few other people that jumped in. Uh, so Alec, is, Alec says, um, Variax user here in Italy, just outside Florence. If you're down, out, out come, come out their way for dinner. Uh, 47 Wolfgang says, hello. Uh, Brandon Barte, Barte says, hey, guys. Ryan Collins is here checking in. Kevin Burke says, baseball. Uh, Chris Jones. Oh, my. Yeah. Right. Uh, Diane Furlong, sounding great. Steve. Uh, Chad Boston is here. Um, uh, he says, hi, Miss Sleepless Butterfly. And speaking of Chad Boston, you obviously know Chad Boston. You're in his group. Uh, Chad yes. is hosting a giveaway tonight, and uh, we've got the link in the description down below, and I think um, Nocturnal is going to post that link as well, too. Chad's got his three-year anniversary of, of the group and 15,000 members. He's doing some big giveaways between his uh, entities and Line 6 tonight as well, too. So be sure to tune into that. I'll be on that panel with those guys. Be awesome. Uh, let me see. Where did we leave off? Um, let me see here. Oh, yeah. So we have uh, your channel as well, too, listed here. Nocturnal Butterfly has posted that. Uh, that might be Chad's. I'm not sure. I can't see the name of it offhand. But we do have your links here, too. Johnny Lee Guitarist is here. Great guitar player. Uh, let me see here. Who else am I missing? Uh, Carlos Santin, Roy Clark, and Chad Atkins, uh, Monster Players. Country Music takes some serious chops. Ken Carlson is great. That's from Matt Harrison. Uh, Frank's agreeing with all that as well too. Snuffy one sixty six. Roy Clark was a monster on guitar. That is, I grew up watching the Grand Ole Opry with my mom and dad. Well, my mom more so. Uh, Andy Timmons uh, head, heading for the ditch is a great country song. That's from Johnny Lee. And uh, Brad plays Hot for Teacher live. That I did not know. I'd love to check that out. I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that. If I haven't heard that. No, I haven't. I'll be looking for that Sweet. on a Telecaster. Oh, that'd be something else. I would love to see that. Uh, and Terry says, uh, Roy Clark's version of, uh, Cash's false Prison blues is a great one to check out for awesome playing. I'll check that one out for sure. Um, so here's something I want to jump into the next segment of the show. When you and I were talking about coming on the show and whatnot, you were sharing how, uh, you know, we, we all know how times are changing and a lot of bands, you know, won't play certain places overseas and things like that, just because it costs so, so much to ship gear and, you know, to travel with the back lines, even a third of the back line that they're used to traveling with. You've been around the world a couple times, two or three times now uh, with this band. And uh, one of the, I guess what we'll say assets is the fact that you can travel so light. Tell people exactly. You shared a picture with me, but you're going to paint a mental picture now uh, to share with us how you travel and what your load in and load out is like. Um, I, 
I make every other guitarist that I'm playing with that's not a Helix guy, I always make them, like, they just laugh at me because I'm like, I, or I really laugh at them because I put my Helix backpack on my front and I have a Reunion Blues, who's the best gig bags. I have a double bag that I put on my back, put the Helix backpack on my front, and I walk in. And then I put it on the floor. And I plug <laughs> it in, and I'm done. It's That's it. That is absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, the, the to, to fact that you don't have to... Well, first of all, you're not paying an additional road crew. I'm not sure you probably have some road crew with you, but you're not paying. You're not paying truck drivers. You're not paying all this other kind of stuff. And uh, you know, less is more is is definitely the uh, the motto here. Yeah, definitely. And it's the other thing that I always I realize more on this tour than anything else because we played a couple of pretty big festivals over here. And once I saw somebody do this, I immediately went back and was getting like PTSD almost. Do you remember the days now I've been to Helix only for like a year and a half, I think exclusively. Yeah. But uh, watching the guitarists like rush to set up their pedal board on the festival stage, they plug everything in and then they sit there and have to match the levels of every single pedal, make sure that each, each one of the knobs is set right. And it takes them like they're, you know, front house guys are like, okay, can we get some of the lead guitar? And like, Oh yeah, sure. One second. Bum, bum. They're tweaking knobs. Bum, bum. Click, click, click. And I'm just looking at them like, <laughs> I don't I know. have to do that anymore. I know. And you know where else can go wrong? You've, you know, you've been there. You've told me about your pedal board. You have a large pedal board. I have a very large pedal board, too, with, you know, some boutique pedals and just some over-the-counter pedals as well, too. But I've had many years of experience where I've had things fail last minute, and it could be a patch cable between a pedal. Now, which patch cable is it? Um, mm -hmm. There's so many things. And I, I haven't had the luxury of touring like you do over overseas and things like that, but I've always been the warm-up act, and you don't get a second chance. Something doesn't go on. Like, okay, I'll get off the stage, guys. The opening, the regular band's yep. going to take your slot now. And uh, it's a nightmare. You don't have to really worry about that anymore. I, it's, I have my presets. I plug it in, and I play. And it sounds the same every night. Some PAs are a little bit different. Of course. But usually the tweaking is very minimal, or the front-of-house guy just does it on his own and... Yeah. That's how I roll now. <laughs> I've had a lot of guests tell me uh, what they were doing a lot of times. Like if they're going to go overseas and they don't bring a Helix with them, sometimes, uh, or even in other parts of the world as well, too, uh, they'll have, you know, they'll rent, they'll have supplied backline. They'll have a Helix there. They'll just bring their laptop, whatever, and throw the patches on. They're ready to go. So you don't even have to travel with the Helix even. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that'd be nice to even do one day, yeah. maybe. Yeah, that could uh, be supplied for you, but it is nice to know you bring in yours just as a, as a, as a security blanket, you know, in case the, that one shows up. I mean, you know, you say, I want a Helix and that gets translated into another language and you end up with who knows what, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's what happens with most backline lists, unfortunately. I know, so, I know. You send know. them your tech rider mm -hmm. and you're expecting a nice Fender Deluxe Reverb and it's like, oh, Fender Princeton Chorus. Solid state with digital effects. Yeah. Yes. You got the fender part right, but uh, unfortunately you fell a little short. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's happened too many times too, where I was like, this is just the way to go. Yep. And that little things like that. I mean, um, some musicians, uh, not all, but some musicians can really be thrown for a loop when, you know, you're expecting that fender, you know, whatever it is you're looking for and something else shows up. And if you're like me, things can throw you for a loop very, very easily. And you're like, okay, great. And that could affect your performance if you're not cool, you know, about it. And it's just, yeah, you don't need any unnecessary uh, roadblocks. Yeah, absolutely. And like, 
really what you want to do is you want to focus on playing. You don't want to focus on setting up and, mm-hmm. you know, having to worry about anything else besides playing. And that's, that's what I like most about the Helix is it's just done. I just plug it in and I play. That's right. That's right. I mean, I don't want to necessarily use a Spinal Tap reference here, but look at Nigel Tufnell being thrown for a loop when the bread's not the right size and, and the olives, you know, the mixed up olives in in his little backstage catering. You know, he you can't worry about these things. <laughs> I know. That's hilarious. I want to I want to share something else that's very very cool. This is awesome. Not only do you travel with a Helix and just a couple of guitars, you potentially could be bringing a second Helix for Jessica. But you shared with me uh, a certain way how she's utilizing yours, and I like this idea. Share with us how that works. So I, um, after hearing my Helix and me using it all last summer, you know, Jessica was lugging around, like she has a small pedal board. So there's a couple of songs where she kind of surprises everybody and plays a couple of guitar solos. So you have to come and see us live if you want to see what that's like. Okay. But she does a couple of guitar solos. So she would have like a boost, a little bit of a reverb and a tuner. So I thought it was a better idea for her to have a Helix just because, or even like an HX effects we were looking into at the time. So we're looking into all these options and I was just like, why bother doing that? Because actually, and my boy, Richie Castellano, I'm sure everybody knows Richie. He's great. In the Helix community. Um, He's got a preset that was sitting in, he calls it. So I was like, Hmm, Richie made a preset called sitting in. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to tweak it to taste. And now that's, that's mine and Jessica's rig. So the songs that she plays electric guitar on, she's going into the auxiliary in, and then she's going quarter inch out of one of the effects loops, going into a DI box to front of house. And that's, that's her rig. And I control all of her pedals. So it actually helps her performance wise, because now she's not doing the tap dance. I'm using a snapshot that says Jessica guitar solo. I hit it. It gives her a little bit of a boost. It gives her a slap back. And she doesn't have to worry about anything because it's all being controlled through a snapshot by me. Oh, that's fantastic. So, you know, obviously rate where she's going to need a certain effect or a a volume boost or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't have to sacrifice performance. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I did something something very similar using Helix in a weird way yesterday. Uh, I thought it was uh, it was it was last minute. Uh, family, we had a, a memorial service to attend, and we needed a PA system and just for a small backyard thing, but probably sixty people. So I wrote a, a quick preset on Helix where I had a mic line in for one or a mic li- a mic line for one, and then I took returns one and two and used those to bring some tunes in from a cell phone. And it worked. It filled the whole backyard. Uh, you probably saw my post on Facebook about it. It was uh, probably 60 people along the lake. Everyone heard it clear. And that's using PowerCab, actually, as my as my projection piece or my speaker. And it was perfect. So there's all kinds of things outside the normal box. You know, if, when you need to in a pinch, you can use it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. It is. It's, I mean, it's, I feel weird fanboying over gear so much because I used to be, like, so anti-digital and stuff and, I was always, you know, vintage tube amp, analog pedals, tube yeah. bypass, all the nonsense. And I just started thinking, like, have I ever watched a guitar player and been, like, thinking about the stuff that I think about when I'm making a pedal board or when I'm tweaking my own sound? Do I ever critique these things as a listener? And the answer was no. I was like, if it sounds good, it sounds good. If it sounds bad, it sounds bad. There's only those two options. I'm not wondering what kind of tubes the guitar has and he's got in his amp or it sounds good i'm wondering what he's got on his board but the helix has been the best for just any type of sound that i want and really what i started the digital thing 
Um, Jessica recorded her EP in Belgium mm-hmm. and she co-wrote it with a great guitarist from Belgium. He's the, uh, he's the house musician for the voice in Belgium wow. and he wow. plays on every record in, in Belgium that comes through the studio. So she co-wrote the first or the last EP that she wrote with this guy and I'm sitting in the studio and I'm talking about guitar parts and stuff and he pull he shows up and I'm expecting like, you know, the rig to show up. Yeah. You know, he unfortunately was not using a helix, but he opened my eyes to what was possible with digital stuff. And his sound was so great. I was like, holy crap. I was like, why am I wasting my time and my energy with all this heavy crap and going through all the struggle of what comes with analog stuff? And he convinced me to go digital. And then I did my own research from there on and I decided on Helix and I haven't looked back. Well, that's fantastic. I, I know it's it's hard for us sometimes as musicians, you know, the cool factor of having like the, the several 412 cabinets and, you know, back in the day we'd had and some guitarists still today have like the refrigerator racks full of gear. You know, it's that's cool. And it's like you're making a statement when you walk in. But, you know, a lot of us uh, don't have the luxury of the roadies, you know, and you got to lug that stuff back out. And whatever is like 500 or whatever is 100 pounds loading into the venue feels like 500 loading out of the venue. You know, Absolutely. and it's okay. I think we just have to draw the line with the, with the cool factor and efficiency. And a lot of, a lot of people are choosing efficiency over cool factor. And, and at the end of the day as well, too, there's a lot of bands out there using, you know, Helix using other modelers as well too on stage and the audience out front, unless they're like guys like you and I uh, that are, you know, looking at the pedal, what's he got on his pedal board? They don't know. As long as it sounds good out front, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And especially as a supporting guitarist for, an artist, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the Steve Strelacci show, it's Jessica Lynn. So my role is to support her. So it really comes down to what's easiest and sounds good. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, it's the, her show is not about the guitar. No, no. And that's all these other factors in the equation that could put pressure on her. Okay, I don't have to worry about guitar. He's looked after and drummer, I know he's good and, you know, so on and so forth. And then she now just gets to focus. Yep. Yeah, that's great. There's a question from Carlos Santon. He's a new uh, a friend of mine, and he's a new Helix owner. He's asking you, how does the Helix floor unit hold up touring? Fine. I mean, it's. I guess it's bulletproof. It's fallen out of the van a couple times on accident, and uh, I've stomped on it a, quite a bit. Oh, yeah. But the last two years, or is it two years, a year and a half? I think it's been a year and a half that I've just exclusively used the Helix for everything not just for jessica lynn shows but i also do a top 40 band at home okay we're not on the road okay. and those are four hour gigs that i'm stomping on it all night and i've never once had a problem with my helix knock on wood yes exactly now's not the, <laughs> now's not the time to say that but yeah in I the know. middle of the tour but yeah i i like that one well actually i was gonna say i like it but i'm i also cringe when i watch it when frank was showing uh, sharing that video of uh the um what's the word i'm looking for the uh research and development and stress tests on the helix did you see that video he shared and they're, they're literally dropping it from five feet into the cement and they're kicking it like actually kick like kicking the the switches and stuff i'm like oh and it's taking it and they have to do that to see what kind of stress test it's going to be like in the real world you know of course but it's almost like watching, you know, a, a beautiful luxury car and they, they do the crash test dummies under the wall. And you're just like, I would please, can I have that car? Can I have that car? But they have to do it. I know they do. It's for our, it's for our safety and for our, you know, like you don't want to be on the road and have something go wrong. So that's why they do it. It's, it's preventative measures for sure. Yeah. And I was worried at first. I mean, I guess not worried, but I would assume, I would have assumed 
that maybe some of the inputs would come loose like they do on amplifiers, right? Sure. You plug in your amplifier enough times, the, the quarter inch nut comes loose and you have to figure out how to get into the back of the amp to fix it. Yeah. I haven't had anything like that happen. Not all the cables, all the cabling, the uh, inputs, outputs have always been totally fine. I don't have to think about it. And I don't have to worry about it. That's nice. Peace of mind. Just the only thing you have to worry about, okay, we're in a new city. Okay, what are the requirements here? You know, what time I'm, what time we're on stage? And that's all you have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So let's talk about, you know, you the old cliche, what came first, uh, you know, a metaphor, the chicken or the egg. Uh, what came first for you? Was it Variax or Helix or both at the same time? When did you, how did they uh, arrive in your hands? Variax is new to me. Okay. So Helix came first. Um, like I said, I watched this guy in the studio play through his digital modeler and it sounded so good. That opened me to, to do this. And then I started looking around and I saw another good friend of mine and a mentor and someone I look up to as a guitar player, especially through Helix is Ron Zabrocki. He's in all the groups and he's always posting stuff. Okay. So I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, I was like, you use Helix. I'm like, what do you think? Honestly? And he raved about it. He said he's been using it more than his amps and pedals on most of his sessions. So I figure if a professional guy's using it and he's working and it's working for him, then it'll definitely work for me. And I, that made me want to pull the trigger was Ron. So thank you, Ron, for your uh, influence. And this year at NAMM, I again, I used Helix for the entire year. The January NAMM show, I started looking at the Variax and I was like, you know, I really love Helix. I wonder if I would love Variax just as much. And I started playing with them. I started looking stuff up and I decided that that was a better move. And then I could just play again. This led to another cut on our tour. Normally, I take my double electric bag as a primary and a backup. Jessica takes a gig bag that has an electric and an acoustic in it. So that's three electric guitars. So I thought if I get Variax, I don't need a second guitar. I won't need to switch between a Les Paul and a Tele because that's my two primary guitars. Mm -hmm. So that was a big decision. Now we had one less guitar to carry onto planes. And again, Line 6 saved the day and gave us one less thing to worry about. That's fantastic. And you're seeing, I'm like, we all see, I've seen some things with my friends on Facebook sharing these horror stories of guitar damage on planes. You know, they're, you're allowed certain things to carry on and they, okay, this airline says no, so you have to check it and just stuff destroyed. And you just, you just feel so bad for these people. Yeah. I fortunately have not had any um, detrimental problems from flights because really it comes down to the stewardess. And this is a, a tip for someone who's traveled with their guitar gear a lot. Um, don't ask them at the gate. If they tell you that they're going to gate check it, don't listen to them. Yes them to death. Say, yeah, I'll take the pink ticket is what they all, they say, here, take the pink ticket so you gate check it. Just, okay, got it. Blow right past them. Go onto the plane. Go right to the stewardess because it's their decision. It's not the gate attendant. It's nobody on the ground's decision. It's only the stewards and stewardesses on the flight. Their decision. Okay, so, so it's, it's the ticket takers, they're the first line of defense. In other words, for the stewardesses, yeah. if the stewardesses don't want to be bombarded with that, they're told, okay, people at the gate, uh, they, they instruct you a certain way. I don't know what they tell them, but to be honest, the stewardesses have never given me a problem. That's great. I, I've always just said, I've either walked right by them, put it in the overhead with no problem, or they've actually come up to me and said, hey, we have room in our closet. Can we put your guitar in the closet? No Fantastic. problem. Well, it's probably no different than being at a really nice restaurant and being extremely courteous with your, your server and a nice tip. Things go a long way. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and as opposed to uh, walking down that aisle like a rock star, hey, excuse me, I got to get my guitar over here. You know, things go a lot further if you're a little bit polite about it. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. That's a good point, too, is be nice about it. Don't, you know. Yeah, that's cool. So thank you for that tip. I think that's something that people that watch both my shows will really appreciate because I we have a lot of traveling musicians, flying musicians, and people going to NAM, things like that. You know, they're always bringing a guitar or something like that. So a very valuable tip. Uh, Scott Vincent over in the chat says, glad to see you guys doing great on the European tour, Steve. And I know I saw something down below. I'm going to jump out of order. Frank Rashad was saying that they drove a four by four over one of the helixes, uh, helices and had a couple knobs pop off, but it worked fine. <laughs> Can you imagine running a four by four over a helix? No, no, no. But I don't, don't want to do it. I that. know it would work. Yeah. That's fantastic. I got, I got nervous that it dropped. It had a good fall about three feet and I was like, no. It was fine. That's good. Not even a scratch. That's good. Um, so Nocturnal Butterfly posted Chad's uh, link for his YouTube for tonight. That's going to be tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. So have a look at that. Uh, and she's got the subscribe link there as well, too. John Mulvey here from 3G Guitar says, another great show. Eric, the flexibility is worth uh, a lot of a peace of mind. That's right. Peace of mind for sure. And a Helix seems to be working on the job for a number of great players. It, it is for sure. Uh, Robert Apple's here saying Richie is amazing. Yeah, Richie is, is great. I've got one, a couple of his presets. And I like watching his, you know, five camera live man band jam things. Pretty awesome, too. You can request songs and stuff like that. He's ridiculous, man. He could do anything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, he plays for uh, Blue Oyster Cult, as Robert is mentioning. Uh, Charles Green's here. Great to be here. He's saying Mike Francis Helix is a beast of a pedal board. Uh, Jojo, greetings from San Francisco, California. Uh, Terry says, again, uh, I, I will say when I was first looking at new amp passed on the Spider Series because how it sounded and even the latest one still don't hold much to my Viper. Uh, Frank Rashad says, we drove, yeah, so you talked about the 4x4. Four four. Uh, Alec Bourne, which Variax are you using? That's a good question. Let's, and you have a new one that just arrived. So kind of share with us a little bit about the Variax and what you like about it. I'm using the uh, the 59. So I'm I'm always a Les Paul guy in my heart. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Tellys, Tellys and Les Pauls are are my guitars. Like that's where I'm most comfortable and most at home. So when I was looking at the Variac selection, it was no brainer to go for the 59, especially because one of my dream guitars has always been um, a Les Paul Access. Oh yeah, the, the Alex Lifeson, the Neil John one. Oh okay, the, uh, with the contoured heel. Yep. So yep. when I picked up the 59 Variax and I looked at it and I was like, oh, I was like this has that. So um, I went with the 59 Tobacco Burst. And uh, like you said, this is actually my second one, technically, um, and such a testament to Line 6. I'm I'm not affiliated with Line 6. I'm not an artist of theirs. I'm kind of just a, a touring guy that wanted something that works. So I went with Line 6 and decided to go with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm touring again out here for two months, and three weeks into the tour, uh, my switch went, my pickup selector went. So my magnetic pickups were completely crackling and they would cut out. So I'm like, oh no, I'm like, this was a mistake. What did I, what have I done? So again, in the group, Chad, thank you for making the group, by the way. If you're not in the group, you need to be in the group. Um, I posted in the group, I found Frank and I wrote him a message and I said, hey, I'm having trouble. My switch is gone. I said, if you send me a switch, I can find a soldering iron. I can do it myself. He's like, we'll send you a new guitar with a return label. I'm like, no way. Like, I'm in Germany. How are you going to send me that? He's like, where, where are you going to be in three days? Wow. I'm going to be wow. here. So sure enough, we got to the hotel. The same day we arrived, I got a notification. UPS 
your packages arrived. I ran out to the lobby. It's actually going to be a funny video that Jessica made of uh, my new gear day. Okay. She was videotaping me watching the UPS guy like this. <laughs> you all know the feeling. Anyone in here that know, if you all play guitar, you know, mm-hmm. you know that feeling. But um, such a testament to Line Six customer service that they just shipped me out another guitar, no questions asked, and uh, shipped the other one back. And this one's been great since. Absolutely fantastic. What a story. We were, we were talking about that off the air. We are talking about how important customer service can be, you know, and, and, you know, Frank, he's like there all the time. You know, we, I, I said this a few times, even when Frank was on the show, I credit them as, you know, not all superheroes wear capes, right? It's a funny cliche, but it's kind of true. You know, the, the work yeah. that goes into that is just to make sure, because artists can't be without, I mean, even though that you're not an official, um, a line six artist, you're an artist using, Line six products. You can't be down without your gear. Yeah, yeah. That's and we should make Frank a helix cape for Nam next year. I think so. That'd be great. We'll have to get everyone to to pitch in on that. Get that done, and uh, and we'll get a photo session with Frank with the cape. That'd be great. That would be good. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Uh, So Robert Apple was asking if you're using a hard case for your guitars, but you mentioned earlier you're using the soft uh, backpacks. And give a little plug for that company again too. uh, That makes the other gig bags. Yeah. So I have a. I have an endorsement with uh, Reunion Blues Gig Bag. Okay. And although I'm not obligated to mention them or anything, but they're the, they're the best gig bags. I've been using the same double gig bag for, it's probably been four or five years that I've had this one double bag that I've taken everywhere around the United States. It's been with me to Europe for the last two years. And I haven't, again, it's like I am with the Helix with my analog gear. I haven't touched a hard case since. Yeah. So Reunion Blues. There's actually a demo of it on my YouTube channel where I go through the double bag and I'm still using that same bag today. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they're light. They're they're very padded. They're the ones that, um, like you said, Frank driving the 4x4 over the Helix. They're the ones that put the Strat in one of their bags and throw it off the roof. You ever come across that video? No. You want to cringe. They put a nice, a nice Strat in the Continental bag and they throw it off of, I think it's like a five or six story roof and the guitar's still in tune. I could honestly, I mean, not that I'm ever, ever, ever going to try that. I'm never going to try it in a hard case or a soft case, but I would think in theory, I always like to try to, you know, engineer, reverse engineer and think about these things. I would think like a gig bag would protect the guitar more because it's going to, it's going to absorb some of that uh, impact. Whereas a hard case, once it hits, like that's just one sudden, you know, am I making any sense? Yes. Yeah, a little bit, not a little bit. Let's not go no, try that, it. Because I, I guess I have the similar mentality that the softer it is, you would think padding is soft, right? Right, yeah. If it's hard on hard, then it's going to still have impact. But yeah, we love yeah. them. I mean, everyone in the band uses them. Jessica uses them. I use them. Um, everyone in the band has some type of reunion blues bag. Nice. And I know you weren't so, obligated to, to mention them, but I'd like to give, you know, the forum, you know, a chance to, you know, people to find out some of these new products. Everyone's always looking for new cases, bags, gear, you know, as accessories. So why not? We'll check that out. I'll so, post that link later on as well, too. I don't even want to call them um, gig bags because usually gig bags put in your head. Stereotype. It's almost like digital modeling. You yeah. think digital modeling at first, you're like, oh, that must be crap. Yeah. You think gig bag must be crap, but no. Guitar Their case. stuff is like, it's better than most hard cases. I've, Again, I haven't used a hard case, in, and I have very expensive Les Pauls at home that mm-hmm. I'm more than comfortable putting them in the Reunion Blues bag. That's good to know, and I've seen some of your guitars. You've got some very nice, very nice guitars. Yeah, my babies. I miss them. <laughs> I'll bet. They'll be happy to see you, I'm sure, when you get back. Yeah. 
Um, have you had a chance on the road yet to update the 2.6? It just came out last week there or whatever, and everyone's gone, going crazy, including myself. Have you done it on the road, or is that something you want to wait till you get home for? I'm going to wait to do that till I get home, just because I saw some of the uh, some of the reverbs, I think, were tweaked, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them are going to react a little differently, so I'd rather not touch my tour presets uh, until I get back. Makes sense. But I haven't had time to do much online. I mean, I see you had, you had Paul Gilbert on the EVH show on Wednesday, and I'm like, oh, great. I'm right after Paul Gilbert. <laughs> no, actually, he's coming <laughs> up this coming Wednesday. Oh, that's, oh, good. So he's after me. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming up Wednesday, and that's an irregular show as well, too. But hey, don't worry about it. everybody. Everybody is treated equally here on this show. Uh, there's no, there's no, you know, no shadows for anybody. So, here's a uh, very good question from John Mulvey. How do you monitor yourself on stage? Okay, so either it's I'm at the mercy of you know whatever the backline company or whatever the sound company has provided. Mm-hmm. So, um, if they have amplifiers, I'll go XLR to front of house. And then I'll go quarter inch out to the amplifier for my stage volume. Okay. In an ideal setting, I like to do that. Um, if not, I go through a floor wedge. Usually our tech rider has enough floor wedges where I'll have my own wedge. But sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. That's just life on the road. Of course. I had the best situation, actually. The, the cables that we use is Klotz cables. And uh, they hosted us at a private event for them last week. That's why we were up in Würzburg and their sound team was so over the top. I had in-ear monitors. I have my custom in-ear molds, in-ear monitors, a floor wedge and an amp on stage. Oh man. I was very spoiled last gig. So you're with in-ear monitors. You're probably not really hearing anything else anyways, are you? Through my in-ears? Yeah. Like, I mean, like you wouldn't hear your amplifier on stage or even your, your wedges up front. It's probably, those are just for reserve, I would assume. Um, I can't do the whole full in-ear thing. Oh, so okay. I usually go, um, I usually keep my drummer side half out. Okay. So I get like the live feel of the drums and uh, a little bit of like the feel of the stage. Yeah. I think you almost need it for uh, like, a, I don't want to use the word balance, but it, uh, an audible balance. You need that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's Sometimes cool. you get a little too closed in. Yeah. And then it just sounds like you're listening to uh, an MP3 or something. Yeah, if you're just yeah. completely phased in. Yeah, very good, very good question. Um, so here's something I was going to ask you as well, too. I bring this up every single time on the show, and it's, it's being answered more and more every time. Are you surprised to see like artists of like you know massive touring, like everyone, like from like the the massive A-list bands all the way through any anywhere in between, showing up on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, and you see the guitar players, you know, it was once a big pedal board or whatever, and now there's a Helix Air. Are you surprised to see that no. happening again and again? Not at all. I mean, if it happened to me, it could happen to anybody else. I'm sure that no matter what level you play at, you want things to sound good and you want things to be simpler. So that's right. I am not surprised one bit. That's good. Yeah, I, I like seeing that. And people like, you know, Jeff Schroeder from Pumpkins, as you mentioned, he was on the show and you're seeing what he like. Mm-hmm. He's using it right now for not for the uh, the amplifiers. We use it more for the effects. But at the same time, man, it's great seeing artists of that caliber that can play anything out there in the world. And they chose this for obvious reasons. Yeah. And actually, funny thing that you mentioned, Jeff, um, I was watching your show live last Sunday okay. when my switch went bad. Oh, and uh it was that it was right after it. So my switch went bad and I'm like, Oh great. I'm like, now I got to go talk about line six stuff on something when one of my things just broke. <laughs> so I was watching the show with Jeff and he said that his Yamaha guitar, he'll just show up and they'll have Yamaha will send them guitar. So 
and they always feel exactly the same. So I was like, oh, maybe Variax will be the same way. And sure enough, it was. I actually like this one even better than the first. It's not it's a nicer top. Yeah, that's so, something. There's some talk on yeah. the chat here about the um, the uh, fretboards. Uh, so I think, let me see, uh, Terry said he checked Sweetwater, says Line 6 JTV59 uh, isn't available. Looks like the tobacco burst when it shows. And then Frank answers, it's available, but will soon not be available in Rosewood fretboard, just ebony. That would probably have something uh-huh. to do with like the sites or whatever they call it, right? I'm assuming for importing, importing and exporting, whatever. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah, Frank could probably <laughs> answer that better. Uh, and Alec Bourne says, have they, have they now all changed across the Variax line due to, oh yeah, it's irregulations, Frank. I'd love an e- uh, ebony board. And yeah, and Frank says they are phasing over to ebony. So there you go. You'll be all ebony. So if you want a rose, you're going to probably have to find like a new old stock, whatever in the store or, you know, the auction sites. And I think I would prefer, and like uh, Ryan is saying, I love ebony. I definitely prefer it over rose, but that's pretty cool. I, I like that. Uh, what else we have in the chat there too? Robert Apple says, thanks, Steve. I never heard of uh, the brand before. We'll definitely check them out. And James Tyler, obviously the maker, uh, the name on the Variax is a great LA-based luthier and uh, fantastic guitars. Johnny Lee says, guitar, uh, Johnny Lee Guitar says, I was a JCM 800 in Soldano before Helix. Cannot use anything else now. Heliax and Variax forever. And that goes to show you, like a lot of these guys, especially with my other show too, it's like, you know, like the 5150s I had behind me, beautiful amplifiers, Marshalls and Soldanos and, you know, messes and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. they all have their place. And, you know, when you fire them up, they still sound awesome. There's no doubt about that. It's just convenience now. You know, it's like convenience or... You know, and like you said, too, from from venue to venue, the only thing that really changes is your attitude that day. If you're in a really good mood that day, then maybe you're going to have a great guitar day if you're not necessarily in the best mood. But the gear isn't going to change. Tube tube amps can react a little differently, you know, uh, voltage, all that kind of different stuff. I'm sure you've seen that before where, um, you know, you take a tube amp and you got a playing in a club where the voltage is very poor and you're starving for power or overpowering, you know. I think some of the modeling stuff can be a little bit more forgiving. As long as there's enough current powering it up, you're going to be good. Yeah, especially because it's dual voltage. That's another that's another plus for anyone touring internationally. I thought I was going to have to have an adapter or something, but when I asked Frank about it, he said, no, just get a regular uh, regular power cable and just get a European end, and it works fine. That's all you have so to do. So that's another big plus. I did not know that part. Yeah, so I'm just using the same exact thing. I don't have to... Uh, was I don't need an adapter and I don't need any power converter or anything. So I would, and I just realized I look like a ghost now because my sunset went down. Oh no, you're still good. <laughs> no, you're still fine. It's, it's fine. Like, I'm like a campfire. No, it's it's totally fine. Do you travel with a couple of those cords just for safety and leave your American one, U.S. like a North American ones at home kind of thing, or do you travel with a little bit of both? Well, this year actually, I had a friend of mine pick me up European ones because ordering them on like Amazon and finding them, they always send you the wrong one. So yeah. I asked a friend of mine. That was going to be at our first show if he could pick me up. So I have my USA one with a converter as a backup. Okay. But I'm usually, I got a nice European one here. Okay. That's good to have right from the source from, you know, a supplier store over here, over there. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I've ordered things like that too, especially, you know, anything that is a good deal online is generally from being shipped overseas. And yeah. what, what is shown is usually never what you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're lucky. So I figured it'd be easier to do it this way. Yeah, it's smart. You're going to be over there anyways. You got buddies. Why not, right? Yeah. 
I like that. Can you share with us a little bit of, uh, you know, of, I mean, you say you like to keep it pretty simple when it comes to creating patches, and sometimes you'll share signal paths with Jessica. But can you share with us maybe your workflow when you're when you get your downtime, and you want to create a new preset, or uh, just your mindset in getting into it, creating them? Um, it depends on what I'm playing, really. Um, and this is another thing that I that I picked up from Ron when I talked to him about Helix things. We talk Helix pretty much all the time between Helix and uh, playing. Um, it's fresh every day. I just like to start like whatever mood I'm in, whatever it is, if I'm going to be playing country, if I'm doing chicken picking stuff, then I'll tend to go for more like the matchstick or one of the um, one of the AC amps. I usually go more for that, like, because I guess that's like the Brad Paisley type of sound. Mm-hmm. And all the guys in Nashville use the, uh, all the, they use all the matchless, um, is it Benson? Benson era matchless is that okay. I believe is modeled okay. in the Helix. So chicken pick and I generally go for that. I'm a huge Gary Moore fan. He's my favorite guitarist of all time. So when I'm in a Gary Moore mood, I'll tend to go towards those amps, but it depends what I do. I start with the amp and then usually amp then reverb are the two that I start with. And then whatever nonsense I feel like throwing in there to make me sound better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was Gary. Did Gary Moore, was he the big Les Paul influence on you? Yeah. Um, I was playing Les Pauls before really getting into, into Gary Moore. But when I first started like really listening to him, I just was completely blown away. And he's why, he's why I keep using Les Pauls. I probably would have gravitated more towards Telecasters if it wasn't for him. That's cool. When I was I did a hangout with uh, Chad Boston there a week ago, we had a bunch of a uh, bunch of the regulars from the group there. Uh, Chad Husky on there, Chris Raga, Jason Sedites, uh, Aaron Short, a lot of the names that you know from the group there. We started talking about amps and getting out of your comfort zone a little bit too. And you know that that's an amplifier. A couple of the amps that you just mentioned, I have not even once uh, you know clicked on to try, and I, I'm going to do that. And I think it's really cool to try that sometimes. Ask your buddies that have Helix, whatever, like, what what amps do you like? And a lot of times you're going to get some different answers. And I think it's really good advice to go try some of those. Get out of your comfort zone. Instead of, like, your high-gain Marshalls and your, you know, all those other the placators and stuff like that, which I love and my favorite amplifiers. But get out of that comfort zone. You might be surprised what you come up with. Yeah, because I hardly ever use high-gain. Um, Jessica's music doesn't call for high-gain, no, so I hardly ever use it. So I actually use the, uh, forget exactly what it's called in the Helix, the double, is a double verb, the U.S. double norm, U.S. double vibe, yeah, one so. of those. Yeah. But it's the, the twin. That's what I use for most of the things. I kind of built my first Jessica Lynn patch I built as uh, my live rig that I had, my current pedal board. I replicated my current rig. So that was my first patch that I still use today. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. And you and I talk, I started this little thing. I kind of painted, painted myself into a corner now, which, which is a very good thing. Um, in this case, it is. I started asking guests for uh, presets. And we started with Jeff Schroeder. I think he was the first one who gave us uh, uh, a preset. A custom, he went into rehearsal an hour early uh, when he was rehearsing with Pumpkins. And he wrote a, a preset for us and gave it to us. We shared it. Uh, Leo uh, from Frog Leap Studios, uh, the last show, he gave us a really, really cool rhythm patch, which I loved. He likes putting amps uh, on you know, both paths and planning them full left and right stereo. It sounds really big and chunky. Um, so I, I, he gives that one. And you said you'd be kind enough as well, too, to give us one. But unfortunately, you don't have the computer with you at the moment. So you're going to provide that later. So I just want to let uh, uh, Helixar fans know that there is a preset coming from you down the road. And you know what I can maybe do? Um, like I said, we're here for a couple of days and they actually have like you said, this is also the venue that we're playing at, and they have some stuff here. So maybe I can 
maybe I can sneak down there and borrow somebody's laptop and I'll uh, just download the Helix software on there quickly and, and I can dump it over. That'd I'd probably go for, there's an, an edge of breakup, like twin sound that I really like. That sounds really good with like a Strat neck pickup. I think I might go for that. Okay, that'd be cool. I think fans would like that. For anyone who's interested. Yeah, there will be. There will be. And it's funny, I get an email every time someone downloads one of these uh, presets that I I put up. Um, And it's not through custom tone or anything. I put them up through my website. And I get emailed every time. And people are downloading them. Leo's got a ton. Uh, I know yours will get a ton because people are looking for a versatile, you know, a preset. And some people do, honestly, have they'd rather use other people's presets. And down the road, they'll learn how to make good presets on their own. But at least it's a good starting ground for them, right? And they know it's working for you. They see you using it. So, okay, I'll start with Steve's. This It's working good for him. I'll use it right now. I mean, it's a great thing. Like I said, I did the exact same thing you're talking about with Richie. I stole his sitting in yeah. patch. And that's now what I use live. I mean, I tweak it, obviously, to what I need, but I stole that from Rich. Yeah. So thank you, Rich. I have one of his. And also, you, sorry, you mentioned that. You mentioned Chad Husky. I also want to say he has a great video on the Variax um, where he stacks the pickups. Okay. He puts them He puts them into parallel. I believe it's parallel or series. I'm not sure which one. But he puts them in there, and then he stacks them on top of each other in the uh, in the Variax uh, software. Yeah, bench, yeah. So I... I did that to uh, all of my my Strat, my Tele sounds to ma- to match the output of the magnetic humbuckers in the Les Paul. Okay. So that's another good tip for Variax guys to check out uh, Chad Husky's video. I have not seen that one. He does, he does for the Strat. Yeah, I love that. And I might even ask him about that tonight. Uh, I've seen a lot of his videos, but I don't recall seeing that one. So I'm going to go flag that one and watch that one for sure while it's in my list. That's a very cool I'll technique. I'll send it to you. Okay, thank you. That's That's awesome. Um, here's, here's a lot of times we're getting close to wrapping up here in about five minutes, but I get a lot of buddies, especially one of my buddies who's watching today, Carlo. Um, he, he recently started writing music. He's about my age and he started writing his first song from start to finish. And, you know, there's no real, uh, rules in life when you have to start writing, you know, whether it's in your, uh, your adult age or as a teen or whatever, but he's written and recorded his own song. And that all came from the inspiration of Helix. Um, I think that's a pretty wonderful thing, no matter what the source is. But in this case, it's a, it's a Line 6 product that's encouraged him to write. I think that's happening a lot. Do you agree with that? Definitely. I mean, using a looper, I'm not the best at it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm ever just like, even if I'm stuck on a chord progression, and I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, I can't come up with a solo for this part, or I'm having trouble with timing on a solo for this part. Just go right into the looper and to, to lay it down. And then all of a sudden, you start getting the bug. Well, I already have this part down. Now I can add layers upon layers of different things, and it's all at your fingertips without doing anything else. I agree, and I'll have to, I'll side with you as well too. I'm not the best with the looper yet. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I like to play a passage once, and then I'll come in and I'll hit record on the second time through because I know I've pretty much, you know, up to autopilot or you know almost cruise control kind of thing. Then I'm not too bad. Mm-hmm. My boy, he's a lot better than I am. But the one button looper is kind of cool now as well too. That's one thing you're gonna check out. And so, yes, I need yeah, I was already reading about it. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, so Frank is just kind of um, reiterating here in the chat. He's saying that it's auto ranging power supply on the Helix and the Helix LT. So that's very, very cool. So just change a different uh, cable over and you got it. That's fantastic. Uh, Quentin James says, I have yet to play through Helix. Eric is trying to woo me to the dark side. There's no other side once you join the dark side. <laughs> yeah. You'll love it. He's a great player it's too. Way. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let me see here. Rhythm, Rhythm Maniacs Music says, by the way, I just recently found a specific Thon case for the Helix. Okay. I don't know about those cases myself. And that's, that's Matt, our percussionist, actually. He's, oh. uh, yeah, he wasn't, we, 
he's not on this tour with us right now, but okay. he's uh, he's at home in New York. So, hey, Matt, thanks for watching. Nice. Hey, thank you for tuning in. That's cool. Another good uh, brand that we can know about. Yeah, he uses Thon cases on uh, all of his percussion rigs. So. Okay, nice. Uh, and Frank Rashad says, uh, it's so cool to be able to uh, literally share pro guitarist patches with fans. It's a very cool and creative twist to players connecting with fans. I, th I thought so. And, and I think and I agree with that 100%, Frank. It's like, you know, like I want to play an Eddie Van Halen's rig. You know, if Eddie Van Halen used uh, a Helix, I could say, you know, hey, can I have that patch or preset, whatever, right? And, and people are coming to the show each week with watching their favorite guitar players. And now they can give back to them. And, you know, something, whether it's one they're using regularly or if they want to create it specifically for us. So it's a really cool fun uh way to do it you know what i mean i like that absolutely yeah that's why i like richie because you know when i was looking at which one to get i was looking at what real pro guys that are, you know that i would like to be or like to get to that level if they're using it then i can use it and it's cool that richie's kind enough to share some of his patches that he uses live and he's got some really great stuff he does yeah and he's kind of uh, one one of the one of the few that are out there. There's a, there's probably a good handful of guys that you go to all the time, like the Jason Sedites, the Chad Huskies. You know all these guys, yeah. Richie. Obviously, um, you know they really point you in the right direction. And I think the more you can save time reading manuals. I mean, none of us like to read manuals anyways, but just using and applying as opposed to researching. And you know, it's just it's so much more time better involved playing and enjoying. Yeah, I watched, well, I remember my Helix being on its way, mm -hmm. you know, with the shipping number and every day I'm checking the shipping and that whole week or whole four days, whatever it took to get to me, I was looking up videos all day. Yeah. So I already knew how to do everything, but I didn't have to touch the manual. That's good. And you know what? That is, I think that is what happens with the whole Helix movement. You When you're anticipating making the purchase, uh, you've got one coming. We all do that exact same thing. We've watched every video there is on YouTube. There's not one left we haven't seen. We've, you know, read uh, reviews from everybody and shootout comparisons and all that kind of stuff. And then you get it and you're, you already have, uh, you're one step ahead of the next guy because you know how to use it and you haven't even had it. And I'm still learning more as you of keep course. going. Of course. You know? Yeah. Every day. And uh, someone shows you a little tip, like actually a huge valuable tip. And it was so funny. It was Eric Klein who gave me the tip. Didn't even recognize who he was actually in the chat at the time. He had a different name, whatever. And he gave me the tip, and he didn't even remember giving me the tip. Uh, but it was a, it was a kickoff episode with Paul Hindmarsh, and we were talking about. Uh, and this is like a huge tip as far as I was concerned, and maybe it's maybe it's new for people that don't even know this yet. Um, but the delays. Let's say you have um, a snapshot, and on one delay you've got 200 milliseconds, and then you go to snapshot two, and you've got around 350 milliseconds, or even 400. That's a big jump from 200 to 450. And depending on where your global settings are, it will, I don't want to use the word ramp up because that's, that's not the right term, but the delay time will, will play catch up to go from 200 to 400. So you'll get that almost like eruption in reverse. You know, the end of Eddie's eruption, we turns on the delay time. Well, you'll hear that race up. And there is uh, something about uh, the uh, something in the tap tempo or something. I'd have to go back to research it again, but there's a global setting. You just change that to there's like transparent and realistic or something like that. And then when you change to 200, 450, and, you, and there's no, yeah, it's a huge tip. So tips every day, little things like that is uh, it's a blessing. Like you read these things, uh, seven things about your iPhone you didn't know you could do, right? And you're like, oh my God, I, my phone is optimal now. And I've done that on accident a couple of times where uh, my delay will be in the wrong tempo. So I'm playing a line that's got delay on it, and all of a sudden I hit the tap tempo and I hear exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But I'm not doing it in an artistic way. Yeah. <laughs> it was an accident and it sounded horrible. Uh, 
I'll, I'll try to find but that exactly being applied. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, that's basically it for the show. We hit the Helix Hour right on the money. But before we go, um, so we've been posting links here. Nocturnal Butterfly has been posting links. And we have some great uh, links in the description, too, to follow your various entities uh, on Facebook and yours yours personally and Jessica's with the band and things like that. Where is the place you'd like to direct fans to uh, as kind of the one be-all, catch-all resource? And number two, uh, what's next after this tour wraps up? Okay, um, you can find all of Jessica's information, website, uh, or phrase, all her social media links are on her website, jessicalinmusic.org. Okay. okay. So if you check out her website, you'll find her links to Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and everything. Um, my personal one, really, Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is really my main one, and my name is Stalach. It's like kind of my nickname, S-T-A-L-A-C-H. And uh, what's next for us? Um we're on the road for another month, still in Europe. And then when we come home, we're looking to do some stuff in the fall. Might be other things with TV happening that are in the works that uh, we might be doing. But okay, I'll have more information on that when you know when it gets a little closer. A little closer. Fantastic. Well, listen, I, I was very honored to have you today, and uh, I'm looking forward to having you back. Maybe towards uh, winter time when we find a hole in your schedule that may work, and uh, maybe towards the end of the you know fourth quarter anyway, sometime in there, and we'll see how cool. things have been working on the road and studio things and all kinds of fun stuff and not just any updates you can give us. It'll be great, and I'll watch for that uh, preset from you when you can, and do not go out of your way to get it to me. Whenever you have the spare time, that'll be great, and I'll pass it on to the uh, Helix Hour fans here for sure. Cool. That'd be great. Thank well, you for having me also. Oh, it's been great. And I really hope you do enjoy the countryside there in the next two days. Uh, so hopefully all those plans come together. People in the chat are saying they enjoyed the show today. Johnny Lee Guitarist says, great show. Uh, Alec Bourne says, great show today. Or keep it up. Diane Furlong says, thanks for a very interesting show. And perfect. We have the perfect way to close out the show, Nocturnal Butterfly, post to jessicalinmusic.org slash home. And that'll give you all of the bands and Jessica's uh, information. That'd be great. And I didn't get to say hi to Johnny, but hi, Johnny. All right. <laughs> there you go. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be. I'm gonna be jumping over to those guys tonight. Chad's gonna be giving away some great stuff with his uh, his folks over there and the and uh, the group. I'm looking forward to that. Frank says, uh, guys, that was fantastic. Love the show and love what Steve is doing. Have a great week and rest of the tour, Steve. And I'll say goodbye to you off the air in a moment, Steve. And don't forget to tune in as a very weird time. It's a weird time for EVH and Gear TV this Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Uh, no, it'll be 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Uh, Paul Gilbert's going to be on the show. Hopefully we'll get him to do a little bit of uh, uh, lick riffage for us as well, too. And uh, we will see everyone real soon. Don't go away. I'll say goodbye to you off the air. Everyone, take care and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And we'll see you. Thanks for listening. All right. Rock and roll. Cheers. Hey, EVH Gear TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.